Remember Thacko? What a Thacko crap. In this episode, we're going to recap the history of armor class and attack bonuses in D&D, from 1st edition through 5th edition. We'll start by scratching our heads at the earliest mechanics for determining whether a weapon connected with an enemy. Once we're done with that, we'll try to explain Thacko to each other. Then we'll review how armor class and Thacko evolved into the D20 system, a system that has become the core of D&D since the year 2000. All in all, D&D has come quite a long way, and I'm very grateful for all that progress because I don't want to deal with eight different charts just to figure out if I can hit an orc with a sword. So before we start, I'd like to ask a favor of our listeners. We would love to expand our audience, and right now the best way to make that happen is for you to rate us on iTunes. The more reviews we have, the higher our ranking on iTunes. So if you have two minutes to leave a review, please do so. It's really the best way to support us right now. And now, on with the show. So, I wanted to start out with a question about Thacko. Okay. Well, you 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 had something even earlier than Thacko. Yeah, the first edition PHB. And I read well, a lot of first edition. I didn't play a lot of first edition, so I might mess it up. But I can give you my perspective on the first edition and the second edition and the D20. Yeah, shift. okay. Anyway, I want to go through kind of the history of how we ended up with armor class. And actually, it's armor class and attack bonus. They okay. are very much tied together. So what the crap was Thacko? Well, actually, what the crap came before Thacko? Reading Dragon Magazine, playing first edition. Like, just being a kid, I, I was probably, I don't know, 11, 12 years old when I picked up my first edition player's handbook. Um not intuitive, not necessarily as well structured as one might like. Definitely nothing like you'll see today with third edition or fifth edition, where it's like, hey, here's a character. Here's the different steps that goes through creating a character. <laughs> next chapter, uh, combat. Next chapter, adventure. Next chapter, magic. Stuff like that, right? Just like, hey, here's 80 articles that were called from different uh, publications and newsletters and, and memos yeah. for different groups over the past few years. We're going to uh, bind them up and put them in a hardcover and sell them, and here's how you, here's how you D&D, right? So... Just and that's probably a little harsher than I mean for it to come off, but like I don't know. These days, having read a book that's that's very well structured, that's been put together, that's been you know edited and published, and going back to that, and I love those books. The and first revised books. for forty years. Yeah, but going back to that, it's like for for me who already has a, a usually pretty scattered thought process. It's, I can almost feel my brain splitting it into you know four different parts and all going in different directions. <laughs> When you played D&D and you had to figure out if you hit something, you would roll and then you'd have to look up a table that was based off of your... There were different tables for different classes and then you'd figure out, you, you know, you go to the entry for your level and then cross-reference that against your target's AC and that would give you the number that you had to reach when you rolled to get to it, right? So there were, there were two axes on this chart? Right, which... You might not even have because it wasn't in the player's handbook. It was in the the Dungeon Master's Guide, which kind of makes sense because you don't want to tell players what the armor class is, right? Okay. So then what are the two axes on these charts in the the DMG? So one is your level. Your level, okay. And the second is the armor class trying to hit. Right. And then there's one chart per... So class. yeah, and then depending on your class, you would choose different charts. So there okay. might be one chart for fighters, paladins, and rangers. There'd be another one for 
uh, a clerics and rogues or something like that, right? Like, yeah. So kind of like if you look at third edition with the base attack bonus, the, your attack, your, the basic bonus you get to every attack that you make increases by lo- by your level in third edition, right? Right. That progression chain is different depending on your class. So a fighter's progression is much more accelerated than a wizard's progression, right? Right. So um, if you're playing a mage in D and D in third edition, it's harder for you to hit stuff because it's not really your wheelhouse, right? Right. But in first, instead of just having oh well, here's a column on your you know every class gets a table for their level, and then here's the abilities you get, here's your attack bonus, here's uh, the XP required, all of that. It's just here's just a table only for attacking based on your your class, your level, and the AC you're trying to hit. And, and it so, wasn't so that that table was you'd have the AC axis, you'd have your level axis. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a fighter and I'm first level, I would look at the first level fighter column or row, and then I'd go over to the AC of the monster that <clears throat> I'm fighting against. And it would give me a number, and that number is... Is that the number that I'm supposed to roll higher than? You're supposed to roll that number or higher. Okay. Uh, assuming that you're looking it up, your DM might look it up if he doesn't want you to know, or, or yeah. she doesn't want you to know what the armor class is. Um, but functionally, yeah, that's what you would do. And okay. And that chart isn't linear. So if you look at it for right. some of them, it'll go up to like 20, and then there's five ACs where 20 will hit, and then all of a sudden you need a 21. So at that point, you need like a magic weapon to hit it, right? Right. It goes up like, I think I saw one where it goes up linearly for a while, and then it levels Plateau, off. Yep, plateaus, and then it starts to bump up again at certain ACs, yeah. which I can understand the reasoning for, but makes it really hard to just have a, a very simple mechanic that you can use to, to calculate what you need to roll. Yeah, um, well, and... You didn't have that. You had the tables. You had to have, rely on those right. tables at the time. So lots of books, lots of tables, <laughs> lots of stuff. And you have a character sheet from back in the day. I do. And I actually just posted it on Twitter. Your character sheet actually just it had a, a, a nice row of entries where you would fill in what your table was for your level, right? So yeah. you just had the one row, not the whole Yeah, it was um, – my. I think it was a fighter's sheet. So there was a sheet specifically for the fighter. So it had my – but. It, this was second edition, I believe, what I, I had. Know. And <clears throat> so it said to hit AC0. Now, so your, it was Thacko. Your sheet, I saw the picture, there were official D&D characters for second edition, and they didn't look like that. So I can tell you that oh, right now. Yeah. So it might have been first edition. And I know this because uh, they were very expensive, and you had to cut oh. them out. You bought them like a module. And when you were done, you had to buy another booklet. And so I used <laughs> to sneak into the copy room at school and uh, basically steal copies out of the copier to, to cut more character sheets. <laughs> I couldn't afford to buy character sheets. So I'm pretty sure our DM for that game just went into the library's Xerox machine and copied off I was, I was our terrible. characters. I was, like, like I said, like 11 or 12, when I would just go to the nurse and say, I'm sick. And then <laughs> when she would go check on somebody else, I would sneak into somebody where the copier was and I would... <laughs> 20 copies. So that was first edition. First edition was yeah. these weird tables. And then second edition was Thacko. Right. And right? I remember thinking Thacko was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Which you wouldn't be able to tell by talking to me today. But I thought it was fantastic because it just gave you this number. And then based off that number, you could figure out what you needed to roll. And But it was, again... So, okay. 
I was trying to understand Thacko because that was something that, whether or not the, the character sheet that I was playing with back then was first or second edition, we were playing with Thacko. And I didn't understand it, but my DM did. And I guess that was good enough because I just rolled the dice and he would tell me if I hit or not. Now, there's an important point that we've skipped. And oh. for anybody who hasn't played anything before third edition D20, they may not understand this. Why is it such a big deal? You just roll and then what you roll, it gets there or not. Right. In first or second edition, your AC got better the lower the number was. Yeah. So in third, you start at AC 10, and as you apply your dex bonus or your bonus from armor, your armor class gets higher and higher and higher. It's the same way in fourth, right. it's the same way in fifth, same way in Pathfinder. In first or second edition, I can't speak to basic because I never played basic, you started at 10, and then the better your armor class got, the lower that number went. Right. So you get, you know, you get your dex bonus was two, so your armor class would go down by two. I don't remember if there's a dex bonus in the first second. It's been a long time, but but I, mm. basically, the harder you were to hit, the number that the lower that number got. Right. For somebody who like me who already isn't fantastic at math, when you just start to just flip some of the numbers around, it gets it gets much more difficult. And that's so. It was true that low AC was better, but low Thaco was better as well. Right. So don't, as you get into second with Thaco, yeah. And let me, I'll, I'll explain Thacko as well as I can. Thacko is effectively your um, ability to hit. Thacko is an acronym for two hit armor class zero. So it's, it's. So if your uh, Thacko is, is, let's say it's 11, that means you need to roll an 11 or better to hit somebody with an armor class of zero. Right. Okay. So if their armor class is better, it's negative one, then the number that you need to hit is one higher than your Thacko, so then it becomes right. 12. If their armor class is worse, it's like it's, let's say their armor class is 1, it's 1 worse than 0, then you need to hit uh, a, a, a 10. No, if your Thacko oh, is 11, yeah. you need to hit a 10, a roll of 10 or more to hit that. So, th- And there's a, there's a simple equation, and the simple equation is whatever the monster's AC is, you subtract that from the Thacko? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, here was, here was the, the, the theory that I had. The commoners, common people in the world of D&D should have, like, the shittiest stat ever. And in a Thacko world, that would be a Thacko of 20, right? Which would mean that they could... They would have to roll a 20 we were to talking hit AC0. And this is where, like, I just... I, my brain can't... Remember <laughs> that, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I got it. So... Uh, uh, let's say a, a commoner has a Thacko of 20 and they're trying to hit something uh, that is a monster that has an AC of 10. You say 20 minus 10 and that number, the Thacko minus the armor class, is the number you're trying to hit. Is that right? I think that's right. I feel like there's something nope, I that's right. for. That's right. What? I feel like there's something I need a whiteboard for. If we're <laughs> so, okay. Thacko 20 minus 10 equals 10. So I have to roll higher than 10 to hit that monster. Minus 10 mean you're, you're subtracting their armor class of 10? Correct. Or their armor class is negative 10? No, no. Subtracting. Okay. Yes. Okay. 20 subtract 10 equals 10. So at that point, you're saying you've got somebody who's basically a, a level 0 individual. Yeah. And the person that they're 
targeting has an AC of 10. Which is an average Which is where you start AC, with right. no armor, no bonuses. So yeah. arguably also a level zero individual. Right. A level zero individual striking another level zero individual has a 50-50 shot at hitting. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. Like, the, the this mechanic makes a certain amount of sense. It's just very difficult for my brain and your brain to wrap around. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got a, I, I understood it way better then than well, I do now when I, I was a little kid. I but never I, did. I used to just sit there. It's all I had, right? So it's all we. Yeah. It was way better than the, all the tables that we had. So we were able just to figure it out. It took way less space on your character sheet, which, as we've already covered, were worth their weight in gold for somebody like you know like me who couldn't just you couldn't just print them out back then. Right. <laughs> um, you can download a PDF and print out a bunch of character sheets. Another fantastic thing about living in the future, but. The fact that what we have now is way beyond that. What we, and I might be getting ahead of things, but what we have now is very simple, very intuitive, oh. very clean. What your armor class system. is, yeah, the D20, is the target number, and you're trying to roll that. So there's a direct correlation between that value the and then your die roll. Yeah, right? instead of, in the old system, there are three different numbers you're, you're keeping track of. You've got a die roll an AC number, and your Thacko, which is effectively your ability to hit things number. And you have to do an equation between the AC and the Thacko in order to figure out what number you're supposed to roll. And now it's just you roll the die, you add your attack bonus, and if it if it is at or above the AC, done. Yeah, you <clears throat> earlier, you, you I think you really nailed it. What you had before was you had your AC and you had your the number that you rolled and there was zero correlation between those numbers, and then you had your Thaco yeah. or that chart for first edition and that was this this conduit or this translation device to yeah. somehow make one of those numbers mean something related to the other number, right? right? But one you wanted to roll high, the other the, the target was getting lower, like it just, it, it was counterintuitive, <laughs> right? Whereas. Again, that that third edition, the twenty going forward, that that just very clean, very simple, very beautiful mechanic of one number is a target, and then the other numbers you trying to get to that target, and it right. does or it doesn't. Yeah, it, it feels more visceral when I roll yes. a die. If I see a high number, I know that's a good thing, no matter what. And if I see a high number on their AC, I know that's a good thing for them. So high numbers are always good in. Three uh, third edition forward, which is an excellent point because if you go to old first and second edition modules, they had uh, they call it, we can still call them this today, but stat blocks. Oh, yeah. But in first and second edition, depending on who wrote it or when it was published, those stat blocks could be very compressed with a lot of abbreviations. You know, oh, might yeah, not I've know what the those. abbreviation was, so you might not know if that specific value if low is good or bad or not right uh so just the idea that low, higher is always better in in yeah. 24 is nice uh but because simply deciphering some of those stat blocks was <laughs> nearly impossible at least well, for the, me the temple of elemental evil which is one of the earliest modules it, it's in first edition right yes the, okay and uh it's just like non-stop uh little stat blocks for random NPCs all over the place. Yeah. The, and I, I've read through it and I'm just like, okay, I, I see a bunch of comma delimited. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I had a point when I was a kid where I could just, I could just read that. 
No, yeah. I, I, like, I, I understood the language. Today, it's like if I made this really, really great spreadsheet and then, to your point, spit it out in CSV and then just try to read it. <laughs> and with none, you know, no alignment of columns or like that, and, and I would just scratch my head. Right. And then, you know what? I, I, I don't even know what this is for. I don't, I don't know what I need. I'm going to go play the Xbox. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just, you're, the brain isn't meant to decipher that kind of data well, and that kind of format. And I, I guess that's <clears throat> the people who invented D&D, I don't think they knew anything better. And it was like, I will suffer through this annoyance so that I can have a fun time. Yeah, and, and I don't even know if it's that they didn't know any better. They didn't have better alternatives. Like, or maybe it felt intuitive to them. We're just in comparison so, to the alternatives. We're so spoiled today. Like the character sheets is a great example of. I can just download a PDF and print it out. That's true. I don't have to go out and seek a photocopier because <laughs> you know how household printers are so rare. Much less somebody who has oh, one in, you know, back then you'd be having one of those. I had a dot those, matrix. Yeah, a dot matrix. Yep. With, with, and then pulling the stuff off the sides, yeah. and, which is very nostalgic for. But I actually made character sheets with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was freaking annoying to do so. It and would also, take me like two hours. And I would have loved to have been in a position when I was playing to do that. I, I didn't have one of those, you know. So <laughs> it was all, you know, just ruled notebook paper or if you you, it was a character you really liked you would figure out a way to get one of those official uh character sheets oh yeah Uh, and today's fantastic in that if i don't like the the watsy character sheet there's so much community homebrew stuff i can just go out there and download different formats different art styles different layouts uh, and and they look fantastic. I get to pick and choose. That might be geared towards a specific class, where you know the the information is laid out in a way where it's easier to, to you know manage the barbarian rage information or right. uh, druid's wild chip ability. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many options. Uh, Got to look at. Some. Yeah, you had to really want it back then. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted a nice character sheet, and you pretty much had to make it yourself. Yeah. If you wanted it to be something specific. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got more questions about armor class. Um, go ahead. Uh. So, why why the heck are armor class and dexterity? Why are armor and dexterity effectively the same thing? They are combined into AC. I just I think that armor class is a easy to digest term for a, a yeah, not okay. quite so simple concept, which is twofold. Did I hit you? Was it effective? Uh, right. True. What? Yeah. The was it effective? I don't think about it that way. Well, but but I do because when I um, when I'm DMing a game and somebody rolls like close to the AC, I will narratively uh, turn it into something that's well, that was not effective. Not that you didn't hit, but you hit and it bounces off the armor rather than if you get a really relatively low number, I will narrate. You missed. You whiffed. You hit the pole next to them, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that you you say that Pathfinder is too complicated because <laughs> three, five, and Pathfinder account for this. You have multiple armor classes, and then you, oh, you, you touch the, AC. The touch AC. Yeah. So if and the I CMB, have CMB, is that the other one? That's no, that's different. That's Pathfinder. That's Pathfinder. But I think it's your your combat mainly bonus i'm not sure uh, I, I haven't played pathfinder but what were the so you said there was touch there's AC. touch ac and then there's and i forget what the other one was but essentially 
I may need to like if I'm I think like chill touch the spell is a okay, perfect yeah. example. Uh, I have to touch you for that spell to take effect. Okay. But it doesn't matter if I touch your armor; it's going to penetrate your armor, right? So okay. your armor bonus doesn't apply to that. I get to just I it's that bonus is removed for that number. So all I have to do is physically touch you. I don't have to you know penetrate armor or anything like that as long as I make physical contact. So your touch AC effect. is generally lower than be lower, yeah. And then I see the other one of the other ones is flat footed. Flat footed, yes. So is that your that's higher number. The, that's the opposite. Flat footed is if you're surprised, you don't oh, get your okay. dex. Oh, okay. So because you're not going to move. So you have three AC numbers. You have your base AC, that, yeah. Flat footed, which is no dex bonus, and then and touch, touch is no armor bonus. Is no armor bonus. Oh shit. Okay, that's that's interesting. I almost like that. <laughs> and so then I'm, I'm pretty sure there were other considerations in that. Like if you had magical spells and like Barkskin or Cat's Grace, you couldn't have more than one bonus to either one of those ACs. Yeah. So you couldn't stack that. two touch bonus ACs or two dex oh, ACs or something okay. like that. Yeah. Why not? That makes sense. So essentially in fifth edition, they've reduced it down to there's one AC. Yes. And we don't question whether or not uh, it's you miss because of speed or you miss because of the yes the and no. So, but you'll notice that there the are some like spells or abilities where I don't, I don't roll to hit. You roll a save, so you, you might roll right. you might roll a deck save. Yeah, which might be the way that you at that point reflect what would have been a flat footed AC or a touch AC, right? Right. So if it was a if it was a touch AC. And that's effectively no armor, but dex. So I would roll a dex save against that. Something like that. And I'm getting my dex bonus in that roll. It's more random, but it makes more sense as well. Because if somebody's grabbing out to touch you... Well, it's not more it's random. It's your... Well, I think so. Well... Because the, the, the DC more. can go up and down, but you still get a bonus based off of your ability tied to that save. Right, that's true. I it's guess kind of, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same. The numbers around, yeah, that's all. Which seems to be a lot of fifth edition is let's shift the numbers around a little bit to make the core mechanics as simple as possible, and then a little complexity goes on to like spells and effects, and, and also reducing some redundancy because you had the same thing in three five where let's say a fireball went off. So oh. I don't know if that mattered for your AC, but you would do a reflex save for half. Would you also do an attack bonus or attack roll? I don't think that you would. It's, again, it's been a long time. So okay. there's, there's a lot of stuff that's been carried over as long as it's different, but it's definitely been simplified. They, I don't think they just said, that, you know, this is a terrible idea and we'll throw it out. <laughs> it's still represented in different ways. But the concept that you're talking about is there where depending on the situation and the context, one AC isn't uh, a number that can be applied to all situations. Right. And that makes sense. Uh, enough sense. Okay. Another question. You asked this. If attack bonus increases by level, and it did even back in the days of Thacko and the tables of first edition, your ability to be effective as a user of your weapon goes up the more levels you increase, but your AC does not. Your armor right. class stays based on whatever you can buy or wear. So I, I used to be in a gaming group where we kind of 
we toyed with some homebrew rules, one of them being, uh, well, well, first let me just say in, in three, five, and five, I can't speak to four, you, your AC could go up a little bit because you could get um, stat bonus, bonus at yeah. certain levels. And if you yeah. sunk that into decks, you would get a, a better AC, etc. But, you know, if you, you could, at this, the same stat bonus you could put into dex or strength, and depending on your open, that would also increase your to hit bonus, which would then stack uh, on your true. level to hit bonus. So, one, your ability to hit escalates at a far greater level than your ability to, to avoid being hit. That's true. One hmm. of the things that we played with was well, what if whenever your attack bonus goes up, you get to choose. I get to I get a point, and I can put that point in my AC or my attack bonus, right? So if I okay. want to kind of like okay. you know huddle up and, and be hard oh, okay. to hit, I can just start sinking points into my AC instead of my attack bonus. Um, at a certain point, it, it feels like it all kind of comes out. You know, it all, it's a it's a wash. Like yeah, because those numbers are competing numbers. We never explored enough. To, we got to the point where like oh well, I get it. This is the where, point where it breaks the game. That's why they don't do it. Right. Um, one of the things that you will notice in three five is they had the epic level handbook, which was if you want to go beyond twentieth level. Oh right. And I think that at that point the attack bonuses stopped. Oh well, that makes sense because at some point, and I might be remembering that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was well because it, it got ridiculous. You just couldn't miss. Right. That's that's the problem. Is is if you remove the ability for there to be, if you remove chance, then it's no longer a game. It's just storytelling. Right. But one of the things that always was weird to me is that if your ability to hit goes up and up and up, but to, I mean, to a certain extent, your armor class is only going to get so good, right? Based mm-hmm. on your armor. So, and your, your decks, even if you always sink points, it's only going to get so good. And then it's worthless if it's a flat footed, AC or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, you're going to get to a point where you can hit anything. Right. And everything's got a pretty good chance at hitting you. So is that just because you're just amazing? Okay, well, great. Well, I'm level 20. I'm amazing. I can, I can hit everything. Well, you're level 22. Right. Why is oh, it that you can hit my chances too. of hitting you are v- and very similar to my chances of hitting somebody... Uh, 25% lower level than you. Somebody's level 15, right? Because those bonuses to, to dex, the, the, the nicer armor you can get, it just kind of levels out at a certain point, like yeah. level 6, 7, you know. It, that The escalation drops off dramatically. So hmm. all of a sudden, uh, I can just hit everybody. Whereas if your AC would go up too, you know, I, it makes sense to me. I'm level 20, and you can throw, you know, 100 level 5 people at me. I'm going to be able to hit them 90% of the time every single time. It doesn't matter. It's not chance. But if there's another level 20 person, I'm going to have a harder time hitting that, that other character. But are, is their ability to hit you kind of equal as well? Like, you can hit them really easily right? because you've got this ridiculous attack bonus, but your, your armor class has not increased much. Their ability to attack hit you is ridiculously high. So it's like mm-hmm. an NBA game where everybody's making baskets left and right and nobody's playing defense anymore. Suppose. Um, <laughs> two things. I, I don't know how accurate that is. And two, uh, I don't know anything about basketball, so I don't know how accurate that is. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but for me, what it comes to is if... if Well, think of uh, MMA, right? With the UFC or, you know... Okay. 
if you see two people who are really good and they're rolling around the floor and they're you know they're they're both have very high levels of jujitsu, um, they are constantly trapping and escaping back and forth, going back, you know, yeah, because they know what's going on. And so that one's very good at getting the other one, but that other person's very good at not getting got for a better expression, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's it's this this constant kind of just flowing, right? Now. If at fifth level, I have a hard time hitting you and you have a hard time hitting me because, one, your your ability to hit isn't that great, but also because I'm harder to hit, that makes sense to me. If you're level 20 and I'm level 5, it makes sense to me that um, I'm easy for you to hit, but I'm harder to hit for somebody who's level 1. Not just because they're attack opponents, but because of their my ability to be, get hit. Because the, okay. the probability is, diminishes to being almost non-existent as you get up and up and up that you're going to miss, right? Right. So if at fifth level, I'm fifth level, you're fifth level, we yeah. both have, let's say, let's just go back to that other example. We both have a 50-50 shot at hitting each other, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, and it makes sense and we're flowing back and forth. And at 20th level, I'm always going to hit you and you're always going to hit me. Why does yeah. AC matter at fifth level but AC is not important at 20th level? It's almost like it's traded out for hit points at that point. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a hit point thing, right? But then at that point... Um, if you have a wizard whose hit die is way lower than a fighter, shouldn't uh, their AC go up? So maybe barbarians' mm-hmm. AC should stay around the same, or a monks' AC should stay around the same, but their uh, either their damage reduction or their hit points should go way up. But you know, let's say a rogue, their AC should go way up, right? I'm going to argue that it is all about the hit points because your hit points constantly go up and up and up and Depending. up. You get higher. Depending, that doesn't does it stop at some point? It doesn't stop, but depending on your class, you have a different hit die. Well, and yeah. so you're going to get fewer more. So a, a great example is a barbarian versus a rogue. A rogue's deal is he's not supposed to be a tank. He's not supposed to soak no. damage. He's supposed to be nimble and hard to hit. Or a monk, right? So a monk will it's a D six hit die or something. I can't remember. I think it's D eight. Okay, I don't know. I. I I, 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 in our games, I roll so low so as to <laughs> not matter. It could be a D4, effectively. Um, but a barbarian's going to get a D12. They're going to get yeah. all kinds of hit points, right? But at a certain level, they're both going to... If, going by our example, armor class is going to be meaningless the same for both of them. Right. That's but true. one of them's going to have way more hit points than the other one. Yes. And they're both going to have higher attack bonuses. Yeah. So that seems weird to me. That does. It doesn't. It, it it doesn't scale very well in the higher levels. So what if you had like rogues and monks, who get less, uh, get lower hit dies, but every third level they get an extra point to their AC that isn't tied to dex, isn't tied to armor. Mm. It's just permanent AC. Their base AC mm. goes from ten to to twelve at level seven or something, right? So they don't. They're we didn't bump their ability to hit you. They don't do more damage to you, right? And they don't have more hit points. So when you hit them, it still hurts. It's just harder for you to hit them. Uh, right. Now, let's say a sorcerer or you know a mage or a cleric, maybe not a cleric, because a cleric should be a little you know tougher than all that. Well, their hit points aren't going to go up, right? And their mm-hmm. um, AC won't go up because it doesn't really make sense. They're not really you know you typically considered to be nimble or, or very elusive, but they focus on doing a massive amount of damage from a distance. Right. So that kind of evens out, right? I think one of the biggest things, and 
I, you seldom get the chance to play to the point where you get to test out high level balance. Is that the 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 gaps really start to show as you get higher level of, of how does a fighter balance up against a barbarian? How does right. um, a, a mage balance up against uh, a rogue? Stuff like I, that. I almost feel like that. I haven't played a lot of high level, but maybe that is the inherent problem with higher level characters is that because it hasn't been played as much it hasn't been scrutinized as much so it isn't as balanced people like the game designers just don't think well let's let's write this game around 15th level characters you say let's write this game around first through fourth level characters which also makes sense because the majority of gameplay is going to occur at those levels because not a lot of people are going to get to that higher point right yeah now there's another possibility here that we haven't touched on what if we're just really shitty at D&D that's yeah and we're just not playing our characters the way they're meant to be played and (laughs) it's entirely possible uh that is true so I think we have exhausted all of the pertinent questions about AC and all of our time Okay. So I think that's what we got for today. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Robert. Next episode, our subject will be the highs and lows of combat, critical hits and fumbles. As always, if you have suggestions about future episodes, reach out to us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent or go to our website, DungeonsAndTangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.